0: Hello, and welcome back to Between the Notes, a motif music podcast recorded at the Parlor in Providence, Rhode Island. Today, we are sitting down with local band Darker Than Blue. As always, we want to thank the Parlor for hosting, as well as our other sponsors, R1 Entertainment, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Testing123 with the RIDOH. We'll get started today by enjoying a performance from our guests before we sit down with them to discuss their experiences with the local music scene. So sit back. Turn up the volume and enjoy the show.
1: I'm gonna give you my night
2: we I won't ever let you be be.
1: careful what you ask for this next one's an instrumental it's called aberration of light thank you thank you He did it again, as he does do frequently with this confounded technology. We started in the wrong key, so we're going to start over again. Here we go. Ready? Aberration of one. Like, take two. So, final song, it's called Tomorrow, and it's about a serial killer.
2: Welcome back to Motifs Between the Notes. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, R-Run Go-Karting and Trinity Beer Garden. Um, we are here with Darker Than Blue. What an awesome performance, guys. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
2: Yeah. Can you all take a moment to just introduce yourselves and what you play or your role in the band?
1: My name is Manny Silva. I play guitar, um, songwriter. Um,
3: that's it for now. <laughs> Tommy Toes, I play bass guitar. Tim, I'm the drummer.
4: I'm Gresh on the sax player and lead dancer.
2: <laughs> awesome! Oh my gosh, that was such a fun and unexpected performance. I feel like y'all have a really unique and like strong sounds, and I can tell that y'all play a lot together. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the origins of Darker Than Blue?
1: Okay, sure. um, that would that would be me. So um, Darker Than Blue started as a project about four years ago. Um, it took about two years to put a repertoire together, find the right members. Uh, we went through quite a few changes, mm-hmm. um, and I guess we, we started playing... Uh, end of 2019, was it, right before COVID. And then we played right up to February and then the pandemic hit and kind of shut us down. Um, Prior to Darker Than Blue, and then a little uh, history about the origins of the name Mm -hmm. is prior to Darker Than Blue, I was a band called Holy Cow, which was an industrial goth band. So it was very dark, it was very very noisy, but I didn't want to do that again. And I had, in between uh, Holy Cow and Darker Than Blue, kind of been listening to a lot of uh, like delta blues and stuff like that, a lot of um, horn parts, uh, R&B. And so I I thought, I just want to write good songs. I don't want to just have songs that are just noisy, droney, with a lot of screaming. I want (laughs) to actually write songs with good melodies, good parts, um, good arrangements. And um, that's kind of where Darker Than Blue came from, uh, was kind of out of the depths of the darkness of Holy Cow and other acts that I had been with before that, so.
2: Cool. What do you think was the shift for you personally to to make that move away from Noise?
1: Uh, Well, the band broke up. Mm -hmm. Um, I was with them for, like I said, almost 25 years, you know, touring and stuff. Um, But I, I think it was just after 25 years, you know, of blowing your ears out and... Mm-hmm. losing your hearing mm. and having done so much other stuff before I've been in uh, in the 80s kind of like new wave bands and I've done country and western gigs and some sit-in jazz things but this this was particularly something that I wanted to do for for me mm-hmm. because I had always kind of been uh, I do not say a side man but uh, somebody who joined an act Mm -hmm. Um, or um, had influences other than myself kind of working towards the music.
2: Good for you for making that jump. Thanks. That sounds like a really big deal. Thanks. Yeah, and for finding your bandmates who are all super talented. They're amazing guys.
1: How did you all come together? Uh, Well, Tom is my cousin. Nice. So I've been playing with you (laughs) for how long?
3: We started uh, Jocks in 79.
1: So 1979, I've been playing with him. Um,
3: that is so awesome. Tom? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm the bass player. Um, I played in a bunch of different bands. Uh, I believe in a solid rhythm section. Um, unfortunately, I've been stuck with the same guy for 40 years. <laughs> um, but we're working on it. We we really are working on it.
2: <laughs> almost ready to part ways.
3: Almost ready. Almost ready. Uh, we play in a, in a few different bands together, me and Tim. and. Uh, I go back to the uh, 73. I started playing in uh, clubs and I was still in high school, but I could play because I was a performer. And I belong to a, an avant garde uh, two hour rock opera with the art tricks, the whole bit. Oh my God. And gosh. my first gig was at PPAC, and I was a kid, you know, so. How cool. Yeah, and it's been all downhill since then. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> what was the name of this rock opera? Uh,
3: Georgie Porgy and the Bozo Band. Oh my the Bozo God. Bozo rock opera, yeah.
2: That's awesome.
3: Google it, it's something.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
3: So, uh,
4: yeah, I. I got, uh, believe it or not, one of the the best networking tools that I know of as a musician is uh, (laughs) Craigslist, believe it or not. And so uh, I'm active duty United States Navy, lived all around the world, and I'm a musician in the Navy. Thanks
2: for your service.
4: Thank you. It's been a huge honor. uh, But every time I move to another town, I'm always looking for a new opportunity musically. uh, Mm -hmm. And so I got on Facebook and just – or excuse me – I got in Craigslist and looked up saxophone, and there was an advertisement for a band looking for a saxophone player. And um, I, the rest is history. Joined in uh, August 2019, um, started working up a lot of sets, a lot of songs. And then, uh, when we hit the pandemic wall, of course, um, the live gigs shut down, but mm. we, we persevered. A lot of bands kind of quit during that time. Uh, We found a way to utilize the internet and some tools on Mm. the internet, Jamulus and some other titles that were out there. And from a distance, from our living rooms, we were able to continue to rehearse and and write new music. Manny wrote new tunes, and we rehearsed them from our our individual living rooms in order to be ready for whenever the pandemic started to melt away. And so uh, I really credit the resilience of the guys in Mm -hmm. the band to be able to push through that technological barrier. It's been pretty amazing
2: way to keep the dream alive and yeah that sounds complicated to practice together did it get easier over time or (laughs) okay (laughs) face-to-face
4: rehearsals i think are 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 easier Mm -hmm. uh definitely when you add the uh that layer of the internet in between it can be a little frustrating at times Mm -hmm. you know little gremlins pop in (laughs) uh but um yeah i prefer a face-to-face rehearsal any day um new guy in the band is, is tim so i'll hand it over to him he could say how he learned
5: Band. Hi, <clears throat> I'm Tim. Uh, yeah, I learned the band because uh, Tommy had called and I guess their, their other drummer had left and they needed the drummer to say, so just come down and sit in and I've known, been playing with Tom for 40 years, 42 years actually, uh, since I was one year old when I, 42 years ago, I was. Uh,
2: you just had a So th- this, there's <laughs> been
5: stretches for like 10 years. But he's the only bass player I played with for like 10 years straight. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we, he's like my, my other rhythmic half, as I call him. Uh, so he called me, and I came down and sat down, and once I heard the original material, things started going through my head. I said, well, this would be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. And I, I talked to Manny. He said, just do what you want. And so I did, and they liked it. They liked it. He said, can you tweak this? Can you change that? Sure, it's your song. And uh, it came together really well. Then you had you know, the, the cherry on top here. This guy's phenomenal. Uh, his, Manny songwriting is great, the saxophone is phenomenal, it's just, it's fun to play with this band. It really is. It's nice to do original stuff, get that creative side out, and have fun doing it. It's so much fun. These guys are great guys.
2: Hell yeah. And it's super fun to listen to you too.
5: Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much.
2: Yeah. I'm so grateful. Um, so, you've been together since 2019. You had this whole Jamulus period. Um, when did you feel like it was okay to come back together and start playing in person again? Are you trying to do some in-person gigs, especially as the spring opens up? What's your game plan for, for 2022?
1: So, at yeah, we've, we've, we've started to play. We just uh, we had a, a show a um, couple of weeks ago. Um, they've been they've been trickling in slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we were kind of three months old at the time, mm-hmm. um, there, the kind of the momentum that we had started to build and the buzz we started to build, we, we had to start over again essentially, because everybody went into hibernation. And then when we came back out, I think um, it was maybe um, November, I think, when we did our first uh, show. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I mean, it's it's been hard. Mm. The pandemic, people are still not coming out. That's why, you know, doing something like this is is great, because they don't have to come out if they're still kind of, you know, in lockdown, but uh, we get exposure. Uh, we post music that we record on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh darker Than Blue Band uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can go there. You can see live performances. We have recordings there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a Bandcamp page, uh, darker than blue.bandcamp.com where you can purchase our, our originals.
2: Awesome. Thank you for that info. Okay. If you guys had a dream venue, where would you want to perform next? Maybe mm. that's different for everybody. Mm. But in terms of Providence... Or locally?
4: Uh, I could tell you that there is no specific name or specific venue. Mm -hmm. Frankly, any venue where audiences show up who want to hear amazing original music and are energized uh, by the music to enjoy themselves in the moment. Uh, uh, The venue itself, of course, Parlor uh, Providence is fantastic. Great, Mm -hmm. great folks here and and a wonderful venue. Yeah. And thanks to everybody here. Um, But... um, I think that as this pandemic hopefully becomes an endemic and starts to get back to a sense of normal mm-hmm. maybe a new normal but but a normal nonetheless getting back out and supporting live music is one of the spices of life yes. one of the things that makes us who we are and so I would say as soon as it's as soon as you feel safe please come out and support live music the musicians need the energy from you and I feel like we provide something to the audience that uh, just makes life a little bit better and, and makes tomorrow a little bit brighter so any venue where there's people who want to listen to great music is my favorite venue to play
2: all right darker than blue born again ready to fly <laughs> oh my god i love that um well i am curious did you want to add on to that
1: no no okay. I, I, I mean yeah to add to that i've, I've played a lot of venues, big, small. I've mm. played venues where one night you're in front of a thousand people and the next night you're playing to the bartender and the coat check girls. Um, it doesn't matter. You, well, <laughs> well the, the point The point is, is we love this, mm. so you don't play any differently if it's a thousand people or two. You get up and you give every ounce of energy and creativity that you have to whoever's there. doesn't matter who it is. And that's, that's the only way to perform. You can't say, ah, there's only... Two people here, you know. Let's just blow through this and get the heck out of here. You, you play, you play because that's that's who you are.
2: Yeah, well, we definitely hear that and feel that. Um, what has your uh, journey been like as musicians? Who are your Who are your influences? I feel like your sound is so unique. You hear so many genres in there. Um, the way that you all describe yourself on your Van Camp is like goth, blues, alternative. Like, who who would you say are your primary influences in terms of your sound as a band, Darker Than Blue, and then for you as a musician?
1: Okay, so I'll. This is probably going to be one of those pass the mic around things. Yeah, it's kind of a huge question. Maybe just for Darker Than Blue first. So from (laughs) from from a songwriting perspective, I'm kind of going back to. Bauhaus, uh, we're going back to...
2: Is Bauhaus a genre?
1: No, Sorry. Bauhaus was a band. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bauhaus um, bands, okay.
1: Um, good God. Um, What was
2: Bauhaus like?
1: Bauhaus was goth, kind cool. of dark goth. Um, even like Tom Waits. Um, Very some cool. Some stuff happening there. Um, Hear
2: that in your voice a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Sunhouse, um, with a lot of the kind of the, the blues, you know, the, the blues progression stuff. I I'm I'm all over the place. I've been doing this for a long time. And so when you have a long career in music, mm. you you take what is applicable and you throw away what's not. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of this mishmash of uh I mean Eno, Brian Eno, ambient music, um the blues come from the Delta stuff, the lounge stuff comes from um you know, old burlesque music. Uh, I don't know if you caught, no, they, we didn't actually do that. There's one song where we throw a little, little nugget of Harlem Nocturne in, in the middle of the song, cool. which is an old, uh, an old uh, jazz piece. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of steeped in so many different genres, but you know, again, right now, they're all kind of in this pot that I stir, and kind of what comes out comes out, so I'll pass it
3: along. Believe it or not, I grew up on um, watching the Ed Sullivan Show. So I saw the Beatles the first time they played. Wow. I saw the animals. I saw the Stones. I saw... My influences... Um, I, I like John Whistle from The Who. Um, Sting, of course. Um, I, I like the Stones. I've always had a thing for the Stones. Uh, whoever the bass player is on Lou Reed Live, that guy was a monster. <laughs> um, I just... I, I play whatever makes me happy, and normally that's whatever uh, makes the other people in the band happy, so... That's what makes me happy, being tight, being part of. Yeah.
2: Awesome.
5: Yeah, <clears throat> I'm, a, uh, I'm a huge AM Gold fan. <laughs> I love the the pop tunes of the 60s and 70s and all that corny stuff. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, there's, there's a million drummers that are fabulous. I saw Buddy Rich um, back, oh, Jesus, back in 84, I think it was, or 83, I saw him at Warwick High School, in fact. Warwick, that's high school. Wow. And, I mean, he he was just phenomenal, and he was great. Uh, but you see guys like that, and he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm not, even in, <laughs> not even near there. But one of, the, one of my great influences, and I didn't realize it until about 10 years ago, was Hal Blaine. Uh, Hal Blaine was in the Wrecking Crew that did all those pop tunes from the 60s and 70s. Oh. And my attitude is it's all about the song. Mm-hmm. If I want to be playing something, but it doesn't fit, like there's, there's a couple songs we do, and Manny says, okay, this is what I want, and I wanted this all the way through the song like this. Okay, man, it's your song. It's about the song. Right. Then there's other times just okay, go crazy here, or Gresham says, okay, I need you to come out here because I'm I'm coming out, and I get to be a little wilder. But with Hal Blaine, it was, I mean, he was a great studio musician. He heard these songs, and it was all about the song. And when you get a great songwriter like Manny and putting it together with these other musicians, it has to be about the song. It can't be about Tommy on bass or Gresham. It has to be a unit. And we've come and we gelled as a unit, which is really great, and it really makes me feel comfortable, and it really makes me feel happy that way.
2: That's so great to hear. I just learned about The Wrecking Crew through a documentary. I don't know if you saw it. Awesome. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So uh,
4: saxophone influences, um, smooth jazz guys like Gerald Albright, right? Uh, There's an amazing tenor saxophone player who's passed away um, named Michael Brecker. Um, There's uh, amazing um, artists like... uh, Stanley Tarantine. These are some of my saxophone influences. Mm-hmm. But frankly, I think the biggest influence in the way I approach this band is Dana Colley. He was the Barry Sax player for Morphine. And morphine was a a lot of people who are watching this are probably familiar with that band. Uh, They were huge and out of Boston Mm -hmm. in in the '90s, and they have an enormous influence over how I approached this particular band. Uh, Musical influences since I was a kid are always going to inform things like the way that you improvise a solo, Mm -hmm. the energy that you bring to the stage. But when it comes to a concept of how to help compose what is happening musically in the moment i would say morphine is the biggest influence and dana Colley on saxophone uh, so
2: cool and you were sharing right before this crush sorry to put you on the spot again you had just learned about morphine correct when you were already performing as a musician up yeah here?
4: yeah so believe it or not i i had joined the band uh, again in a rehearsal perspective around August of 2019 and I think our first gig was around November of 2019 in a bar in Boston and at the end of that gig um, somebody from the audience I remember had a slice of pizza in my hand and we were listening to the next band play and they said have you ever heard of morphine I was like no what's what's this band morph and and they they got me excited about it and so I had that drive back from Boston mm-hmm. and I pulled up Spotify and hit play on morphine and have been Addicted to morphine ever <laughs> since. I, I constantly listen to this band. Not it's not funny at all. It's a <laughs> terrible joke. Um, so at any rate, that that uh, terrible joke aside, uh, the influence musically that that band has had on the way that I approach... Uh, playing as a rhythm section member, and then also soloing in the band has been enormous. And it's all due to just a fan in in our first gig up in Boston mentioning that band.
2: Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's an
4: amazing amazing group, um, and they still play live in a different form, um, but um, it's still a very influential group.
2: Oh, man. Imagine if you played with Morphine.
4: It would be a dream.
1: (laughs) I I think we played... uh we played the night they were at the, the Columbus, the, 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 the Morphine Orchestra. Vapors of, Vapors of Morphine. We played the same night they were there. So we were like.
2: Very cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. So couldn't That's make
2: awesome. it. Well, cheers to a future. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the variety of songs were very interesting. Um, starting with Careful What You Ask For, um, the second song, Devil's Dealer. Um, being an unexpected, amazing instrumental song and Tomorrow um, is what I caught. And did you want to shout out uh, to any additional songs? There.
1: No, the, inst- the instrumental was called Aberration of Light.
2: Aberration of Light, yeah, gotcha.
1: And that's uh, a tribute to like Sergio Le- Sergi Leone kind of uh, s- uh, film score. Uh, I grew up on a lot of film score. The second song was Devil's Deal, which was interesting. It was a a tale Gresh told me about how the devil comes down and the man is not happy uh, with his life. So he says, uh, you know, make things better for me. So the devil says, well, I'll give you some eyes. Mm. And then he's still not happy. So the devil says, well, I'll give you some ears. And he's still not happy, so the devil says, well, then I'll just take away all your memories and give you new one so you don't remember all of the pain that you had before. But that, re- mean, that means you, you forget everything else, your family, your loved ones, and all that stuff. So it's, that's why it's careful what you ask for. Whoa. Um,
4: so we were in a rehearsal on Jamulus during the pandemic. And I had heard this podcast and I told this story um, at the end of a rehearsal and I want to say it was like a Tuesday night and our next rehearsal was Thursday night Mm -hmm. and uh, and i had heard the podcast I told the story at the end of rehearsal and I remember Manny thinking or saying something to the effect of that's really interesting. By Thursday at the beginning of rehearsal, Manny had already sent out a, re- a recording and written all the lyrics and the entire form for this song. Whoa. And, and I was like, that is so genius to take this this <laughs> concept of a song or of of a I don't know, a podcast that I had heard everybody rolls their eyes when they hear pod podcast, but yeah, this is a podcast. Right. Just, no, no, no. <laughs> well, no, I listen to podcasts constantly. It is my entertainment. No, cool. But it's so funny when you tell somebody, oh, I heard it on a podcast. They're like, oh, podcast. Mm. Anyway, so Manny took that idea, it planted a seed. He grew it into this amazing tune. Mm. And it's one of the ones that, when we, when we post it on social media, has some of the most positive feedback because it's high energy. Yeah. There's a, there's a really cool thread of a storyline throughout the song. Yeah. and And it was very well done. It's one of my most exciting
1: tunes to play.
2: Cool story.
1: Yeah, and it it, the lyrically it follows kind of like the the old blues lyrics, you know, uh, where they repeat first the first three lines and then the last line of the of the stanza would change. So you know, went down to the graveyard, buried my heart in the ground. Went down to the graveyard, buried my heart in the, the ground. Went to the ground to the graveyard, buried my heart. On the ground, don't want my heart follow me around. Mm. That's kind of like a bluesy kind of, and that's the way that was written. So just all the verses, pretty much the first half of it is the same, and then you change the last piece. So it was. It was. It wasn't too hard to write, but it was fun.
2: Yeah, it still <laughs> sees by moment of inspiration. It's cool to Thanks. hear how intentional that was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, would you say that you have like a specific pattern for songwriting? Or it uh, depends.
1: No, no. Sometimes I'll start with a drum machine. Other times I'll start with an acoustic guitar. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's a a vocal melody. So there really there really is. And then when you know you start adding everyone else to the soup it will start to change it, you know right. gresh's contributions will make me th- think a little bit different the rhythm section as it starts to pull things together will you know cause us to adjust and so it's it's kind of like it will it will f- it will birth itself cool. out of where it started but that's only because of the four individuals who are who are creating it
2: Hmm. So it's definitely all your songs. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um. Well, I noticed there was a lot of really cool uh, electronic sound effects that happened. And I, every time I would be like, how did that just happen? Like, was it a foot pedal? Like, <laughs> Do you have the stuff pre-looped? Is there...
1: Uh, no. I. Uh, so I, again, some of my influences uh, that I didn't mention are like Robert Fripp, Adrian Ballou, uh, Brian, you know, a lot of this really textured stuff. So on my pedal board, there are a lot of things like a Mellotron emulator or um, uh, pitch pitch shifters, which give it kind of a, a sparkly sound. So mm-hmm. when I start to use those, it, it starts to fill in the void. Uh, it makes it sound fuller, makes it sound crisper. Uh, but as equally important is, is white space. So we're, we're conscious of texturing, but we're also conscious that You can't do that too much because everything will just start to sound like a big wash of Mm -hmm. mud. So um, it's a balance. Everything is a balance.
2: Very cool. Appreciate that. Um, So you mentioned that, you know, we can hear more of your music on Bandcamp. um, And is there any other um, shout out that you'd like to give either to other projects or to um, where we can find more music and where we can hear you guys more?
1: um facebook band, band camp um anyplace else right now that's it right that's it those are the only two places where you can find us uh live please come out when you see us uh if Venues. support support venue support musicians i've been doing this a long long time and this i mean this is where music starts this is where i've watched as a matter of fact the other night we we, we played with a, a young woman she was Twenty-two years old, and it was her first paid gig, and Woohoo! I just I just looked and went, you know, this who knows where she's going to go, right. right? But if she doesn't have these places like the parlor and other venues in Providence, which there were so many more at, when I was growing up, mm. and they were so much, uh, so much more popular right now. That's important to hear. Yeah, live music is, you know, I worry I worry about it because of the pandemic and just. You know, people's complacency to, to stay home. Mm. Uh, y- you have to get out and support this. Or, you know, original music has no place to be born.
2: Mm. Well, here's to perpetuating original music. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to say the OG came up right before this interview. You guys are the original gangsters. It's so, it's been such a pleasure to, to hear your stories and your influences um, and see the beginnings of darker than blue i'm very excited to hear and you more um and see where y'all go thank thank you sam yeah thank you you so much
0: this has been motifs between the notes we would like to take a moment to once more thank the sponsors for this episode the parlor r1 entertainment the trinity Brewhouse beer garden and testing one two three with the ridoh and thank you for listening